welcome to Poise No Regret, where we say it like we mean it, we mean it like we say it, and we agree to disagree in love. So today, you all, I'm really, really sad about what we have to discuss. Um, You know, it's already a lot going on with COVID and this pandemic and the political unrest and the civil unrest and racial injustice. So we have a lot going on, but to add on to the collective trauma, we also have individual things going on. And then in the media, everything seems to be just amplified. And so, you know, on this channel, we discuss a lot about abuse and how it merges uh, at the intersection of hot topics in the media. And so while this isn't something that I, I want to talk about, we need to talk about it because we know, we know now the statistics are showing that while all this stuff is going on collectively, that abuse and that more fatalities and incidences are being reported because of everything. It's, it's highlighting, it's just almost, it's like um, shedding light or showing light on those spaces that already had issues. And so when you turn the light on and you flip the switch on, you can just see how much of a mess it really is. And we really have a problem with abuse. Not only, I mean, it's, it's global, but here in the U.S. lately, um, specifically with our black women, we're seeing a lot of abuse being reported in the media. And I, for one, am very disheartened to see the responses to the reported abuse. Um, it seems like almost any other time, you know, we're always there to um, play devil's advocate and we, we want to make sure that, um, you know, we're fair, right? But when somebody has um, proof and the victim has spoken out um, and the abuser has remained silent or has even spoken out and it's confirmed, people seem to still want to blame the victim and I'm not here for it. So um, there are two stories in particular and my heart goes out to both women. The first is Meg the Stallion. Let's talk about her because she's more of a brief um, um, situation. It's clear cut and dry. Um, She was shot, unfortunately. God bless her um, because she's just moved through this with such, gosh, such a class. Um, And she shouldn't have to and didn't have to but that's just a testament to her strength and I believe she's mentioned um, that her grandmother raised her or had a big part in her life and her mom and um, her, th- those women who are no longer here with her um, on the physical realm they're, they're here spiritually but um, that just speaks to who she is and how she was raised um, because gosh the lady has a lot of class now I'm not familiar with a lot of her music I know you know you younger (laughs) uh, tenderonies know all the dances to the savage and all of that I'm not familiar but she's so mainstream she's made it to a place where um, you know her name you know who she is and so it was reported about a month ago that she was at a party she went to Kylie Jenner's house. Um, there was a, a, a party there that she was hosting, um, that Kylie Jenner was hosting, allegedly. And um, at that party, her and her, what we now know to be significant other at the time, Tori Lanes, who is um, a singer, an entertainer, if you want to call it that, uh, 
he got into a, a, a rage and when she got out of the car, Megan got out of the car, um, that she was in with him, another friend of hers, and I believe a security guard. Um, when she gets out of the car, he shoots her. And thank God he didn't, you know, damage, you know, a, a, a major organ or do something that caused her to be paralyzed for the rest of her life. And that was nothing but God. I tell you, because anytime you just aim a gun and, and shoot, you know, a loaded gun at that, um, and you don't know where you're aiming it or what anything could have happened. What if she, you know, before he shot her fell and instead of the bullet going to her foot, it had gone somewhere else. God forbid. So thank goodness that she's okay. But this is what I want to talk about. I have an issue with the fact that, you know, she was silent for a while and we already, I, I already know what that was about. And I was so happy to hear her um, come out and talk about her silence and what was behind that silence but before we talk about that she you know she was silent she um she didn't come out and say no it didn't happen though and a friend of hers that was with her did confirm that Tori was the one who shot her and also some people in in Megan's camp came out and had some subliminal things to say towards Tori um that it wasn't okay uh and they were basically waiting for him to be released um so that they can handle it but it was very clear from the beginning that Tori was the the abuser the perpetrator well okay I get it everybody wants to wait for their facts so we get the facts because she says finally one day she comes out a couple of weeks after the shooting and says you know what I'm tired of the lies I'm tired of him lying and I'm tired of everybody else making excuses for him so he does this and he doesn't have any remorse and then he lies and and blames the victim and the issue that I have with all of this is in the comments and the and on social media the things that you see oh my goodness well you know we don't know what she did what there is nothing on this earth that somebody could do in a car in an argument with no weapons no nothing that would result in him shooting her after she had already gotten out the car there is absolutely no excuse period there's there's there is no need to know what the scenario was before or prior the incident that's just the day and the age that we live in though um those are the things that people say uh what did she do so you you point the finger at the victim she didn't do anything she could have custom she could have you know she could have said the worst about him it you know it doesn't matter what she did or said the fact is she got out that car walked away or was walking away and the man shot her in the foot so that's problem one problem two behind the silence Megan says I didn't want to say anything because I wanted to protect him. I didn't want to be the person basically that ends his career. And I'm paraphrasing here, but she said she didn't want to be the person to um, send another black man to jail, right? Send a, send another uh, a black male to have to handle consequences for his actions because of the backlash and how it will harm him. She's more concerned about his welfare than seeking justice for herself. 
And let me tell you, this is something that is so common. I mean, in day-to-day households, we hear about this all the time. As soon as a victim comes out, it could be years later, right? Somebody will say, well, it, it, it didn't happen. It couldn't have happened <laughs> because she never went to the authorities. She didn't say anything. How come she didn't say anything? So it's a double-edged sword. But then once that woman comes out and she speaks, nine times out of ten, she didn't want to disrupt her family. She didn't want to have him lose his job or be responsible for him losing his job. She doesn't want him to... Um, basically go to jail she doesn't want him to have to suffer any of the consequences because of how it will affect the abuser and that is not fair because the victim now has to be responsible for the abuse that they went through and that only further communicates that it's your fault or you're responsible or you should have to be responsible for what this person did to you even though you're not at fault there's nothing that you did to solicit the abuse. So, and it, and it goes deep. And, and that's something, I, you know, I'll talk about a little bit later. I want to try to stick to the two women because I have another person that I want to discuss that's in the media right now. But um, black women, we really do so much um, to protect others all the time. But I want to just say, when it comes to your own expense... When it comes to abuse, it it, it, it it can't be. It can't it can't continue to be this way. Um, yes, our black men are suffering a great deal in the media. It is not right. Uh, excuse me, not in the media, um, in society and in the legal system. And it is not fair. They are taken advantage of. They are just mistreated. I mean, they are they are tearing men down left and right. Black men down left and right. And it's not fair. However, justice is justice. When we're talking about abuse, I don't care what color man, I don't care where he's from, I don't care what he does, you know, who, who raised him, how much money he has, what his career is, how much fame he has. If, if he's white, if he's Indian, if he's Hispanic, if he's Asian, if he, which Indian is Asian technically, but... It does not matter what he is. If he is black, and I mean black from, if he's from, whether he's from the Caribbean, whether he's from America, whether he is from Africa, it does not matter. You know, um, if it's safe, okay, I want to be very clear, this is, this is not, um, I'm not telling you to do something that is unsafe. Please always reach out to a provider, to, you know, your authorities, to your, you know, your closest support system network, a shelter, a crisis line. Reach out to your resources, whoever you need to reach out to. But what I'm saying is, even if you are in the situation or the circumstance where you have to think about whether or not you have to put protecting a black man before getting justice for yourself really really consider um really consider that you're not responsible for the consequences that he's to serve and that are to come for him because it's wrong especially when we're talking about gun violence that's not okay 
I don't care. You, you should have thought about what you needed to think about. And the rest is up to God. And it doesn't, you know, you can do both. You can pray for somebody, hope that they change. You can want them to get help. And the thing about it is, if somebody's really sorry, they're, they're you know, willing to take accountability and to work on themselves and get the help that they need to get. But it takes action to get there. So... Again, I'm not telling you, you know, if you're listening to this and you're in this situation, I'm not telling you that you need to um, report anybody if it's unsafe. But what I'm saying is if if you are safe and you're in a predicament, um, don't just not say anything for the sake of protecting him because um, he ought not have done it. Okay. Point blank, period. So let's move on. Moving right along. And again, my heart goes out to you, Megan. Um, I hope you keep healing up. And if you need to take some time off for yourself, do that. Do it in your own time. Definitely get the help you need. You don't have to push through and be everything to everybody just because you are who you are. Um, you deserve to, to uh, take a break if you need to. But thank you for sharing um, your story with us. So moving along. Tamar Braxton. This is a very layered story that we might have to come back and revisit. We might have to do a part two. But um, I could not, I just couldn't let the day go by without trying to shed a little bit of light on what's behind the behavior. Um what we see is not always what it is okay so let me go back and explain a little bit about it's been about a month now as well so a lot of this was happening July August um it's just such a sad situation so a a while ago and if you don't know who Tamar Braxton is she is a R&B singer very talented woman um you may know her from the Braxton's or Tamar events or again I mean she's an incredible artist incredible music um she also if you don't know is the youngest sister and youngest sibling of uh Tony Braxton and the Braxton uh, family so just very interestingly about a month ago Tamar was just tweeting and sharing how upset she was about her new WeTV series coming out called Tamar uh, Get Your Life, I think it is. Um, and it's just a couple of weeks of filming um, filming her as she kind of rebuilds her life after her divorce with Vince, with her new boyfriend, David Adifeso, her son, Logan, and just getting back on her feet, getting back into her music career because she had said that she was going to retire after her divorce. And so it's just kind of watching her get her life back together. And or they followed her. Uh, and I think Mona Scott Young, if I'm not mistaken, she's producing the series. Um, Mona Scott Young, she has a successful chain of or a whole bunch of script. <laughs> I call it scripted reality. <laughs> but she has a lot of scripted reality, um, reality shows that are out here. A lot of you know of um, the Love and Hip Hop series. So 
she was the one that was gonna uh, produce this show I guess to give it a different type of edge we TV um, they are trying to you can tell spice up their network a little bit and so anyway they brought Mona in and to produce what Tamar is kind of just expecting and how she's growing and what it is that she wants to become um, from who she is what she lost to where, where she is now and where she wants to go so David and Tamar I guess were not happy with the promo and what they saw um, and how they saw the show being marketed on uh, WeTV and apparently Tamar she was just kind of tweeting you could see her, you know see a lot of these tweets and posts on Instagram that she's not happy with WeTV she feels like she gave them her life and they always do her wrong and she's not happy and I thought it was you know just typical Tamar <laughs> because you know I, I love Tamar but we all know and we've seen throughout the years and this comes with a lot of artists you know they have a lot of ups and a lot of downs sometimes they lash out sometimes they can exhibit some like mania some manic behavior sometimes you'll see them get really depressed and sometimes they'll go into a shell and then they'll come back out and then lash out again I mean we see this a lot with a lot of artists um I think it has a lot to do with just how they operate how their brains are wired I mean they're very creative individuals so yeah sometimes things can be on the dramatic level right and Tamar is one for the theatrics <laughs> she on a level of zero to 100 she's at 100 um so and that is a part of her gift as well but so Tamar she you know she, and she's she has mental health issues we've seen that before um when she was on the Iyanla Van Sant show with her sisters um and just how she unraveled and she's also dealt with a lot of trauma in her life early on she came out and she talked about how she dealt with some sexual trauma um and she really she did not want to come out um with that I think that she was disclosing it during the Iyanla Van Sant um during that whole process but some kind of way she she thought it was going to be shown on tv I don't know if it was like a first kind of um promo that they gave them to kind of just look through and so she came out and tried to get ahead of it and share it herself um which really affected her and if you've been through sexual trauma or you know anybody who has that can be something that's very difficult it's like ripping off a band-aid and it's you just feel really exposed and vulnerable and so if she didn't plan on that being in the public eye that could have also been something that, that contributed to her unraveling so you have all these things going on in addition to her divorce with Vince um, which we saw on TV kind of play out during the Braxton's um, family values. Um, Tamar didn't give us a lot. She, you know, she when it comes to her sisters, it's okay to share it all, right? But when it comes to her, she's hush-hush, no, keep it private, I, I don't want to talk about it. So, fine. But nonetheless, she, she's re she tries to, or she was in the process of rebuilding her life. And I, gosh, was so proud of her because, and still am so proud of her, but um, she's trying to rebuild her life and just do her own thing, find out who she is again. But that's hard to do when you don't spend time alone. 
um, or time with just yourself and recuperate to reevaluate. You can't really do that when you're still married and before the ink dries, you jump into another relationship. And here comes David Adifeso. This is where things go left. So she's been with him for over a year. It might be two now. They got together before technically the divorce was finalized and she just jumped right into things and relationships can be a hell of a drug okay they they can be you you've got to be really careful with who you allow into your circle and this is family friends significant others whoever um but David, you know, he he presented himself to be this kind of like, no, I'm behind the scenes. I like to play it cool. I I don't want the social media attention. I don't want to be in front of a camera. I just do me. I'm just Mr. Finance Guy in the back. Although we always see him. (laughs) So um, he played that card. And I think he knew because Tamar is mentally... um, just fragile right now and was after the divorce invulnerable that gave way to somebody coming into her life to take advantage of her somebody who knew she needed love and I'm gonna try not to do too much profiling of him um in this in this certain podcast but again like I said this might call for a part two so anyway Tamar, she unraveled with her sisters, right? She got a divorce with Vince, immediately got into this relationship with David, and here we are. Here we are. So things have been kind of quiet between them. It's been kind of, you know, quiet. They've been off of social media, but as soon as this clip came out of the show, we started hearing a lot more about them. All these things that were not good, though. So... Tamar tweets, we TV's taking advantage of me. I've been a slave to them. I want out of my contract. They won't let me out of my contract. And I don't know what I have to do to be happy, but I'm depressed. And basically, like, cries out for help. And a few days later, we see all over social media that Tamar Braxton committed an act of, or an attempt to commit suicide so she attempts to commit suicide and David is is on you know caught on camera or there's a audio of him on um the phone telling the 911 dispatcher my girlfriend is just very depressed about WeTV she didn't like what she saw they're about to release the show and so I think she tried to kill herself now I don't know who would call 911 when they see their wife, husband, boyfriend, fiance. I don't, who who calls 911 and says, "Oh yeah, by the way, um I think she was depressed about this show, so that's why." So why are you trying to why are you trying to inject a motive for what occurred allegedly? Because we really don't know what occurred. We don't know if she tried to kill herself or if somebody else tried to harm her. And I and I will speak more on that in a minute. But um, that's just that was red flag number one. That was red flag number one. So I mean, Tamar has been through quite a bit on 
TV in all of these years, but this show that didn't show anything bad about her, um, that was what took her over the edge? I don't think so. I really, I honestly don't believe that. Now, what we saw of him on the series promotion where she was heard telling him behind a closed door, David, stop. That's what rose a red flag for me to start thinking, hmm, is it that he doesn't want the show to be seen because of something that he did or how he's going to be portrayed? Um, So that was just something to take note of. Um, But anyway, while she is in the hospital getting the help that she needs, David then does something really strange. He posts Tamar's son and him at the beach saying that Tamar deserves a day off and, you know, he's taking care of Tamar. Mom deserves a day to relax. He's going to take care of Tamar and Vince's son, Logan, which something didn't sit well or right with me about that because I'm thinking to myself... Tamar has four sisters, a brother, a mother, and a father who are still living, and an ex-husband. So out of all those people, while she's in the hospital, all her in-laws, nieces and nephews, out of all those people, he's with her boyfriend at the beach because Tamar needs a day off. But okay, okay, you know... Maybe they have that type of relationship. I, I don't know, you know. So um, I just thought it was strange, though, watching and seeing these women on TV. You almost just think and wonder, like, you know, hmm. I, I do believe that they would, <laughs> you could just kind of envision it. Like, they would pack a bag, get Logan stuff, take him, you know, take care of him while mom is in the hospital. Even Vince. Vince, as much as... I did not think him and Tamar were compatible. They really had the love and war thing going on, literally. Um, Literally. Um, But both great parents separately. And you you know, hands down, that like Vince, you could tell he's just very protective over his son. He loves his son. So I just thought that was strange. Um, But come to find out, the day after that, after we see that video, it's a day or two after that, David is reportedly filed a a temporary protective order, a restraining order against Tamar, saying that she threatened to kill him and was really aggressive and threatened to get quote unquote goons on him. And I'm just like, this there has to be a piece, a big piece of the puzzle missing. Well, a few hours later, it was then reported in the media that Tamar said David threatened to commit a uh, homicide, kill her, and then commit suicide, which is very serious, very serious. You, I mean, and then when that comes out, it's like, okay, wow. So he was that, and this is all allegedly. I mean, we don't have the recording yet, but this is what we've heard was said. And so putting all those pieces together, it's like, okay, David is going to extreme lengths to not have this show out and to hurt Tamar. What is it that he is trying to hide? What is it, you know, because this is beyond just a little bit of control. This is a high level of control. And to threaten to kill somebody and then kill yourself, that is one of the most alarming things that you can hear in regards to safety. Now, at this point, I don't think Tamar should have... um, 
I don't think that she had she should have any of her information listed she might have to get you know a, a couple of aliases for a, a few of her you know properties and things like that until they get all this settled and I hope that she's able to file a, a restraining order herself because that is very serious and again this is alleged but we hear that there's audio so I hope and pray that nothing escalates, but when you hear something like that, you think about now um, lethality. And this is something that, you know, prayerfully, because they've gotten a hold of it and because they do have audio, they can put all the protective measures in place. Um, but what I didn't like about, well, I don't like any of this, but what I really didn't like about David is after it came out that he threatened her her life he then does a video on Instagram and he set up all the reasons why he's not abusive because his mom taught him and his brothers they they apparently he mom set all of them down and said did you ever see your dad hit me so you don't hit a woman now that was the context he gave he didn't say what made her sit down and say all of that, but that's what he said. Um, he also said things like, you don't cheat on a woman. Okay. And he also labeled the video, which was very opportunistic-like, um, what to do with your finances when you go through a divorce or you go through a breakup from somebody that you've been with for a long time. So that's very, I mean, the very opportunistic for somebody that you supposedly love and that just tried to kill themselves. You, you are trying to do an education kind of seminar about finances. You just, you know, file a restraining order against somebody who that you say that you witness has mental health issues. If she's in the hospital and by herself or away from you why is it why would you need to file a restraining order against her and then you say um, she recorded some things and sent them to your family um, which is illegal by the way well why, why does it matter if she recorded you if you didn't say anything threatening like if you didn't um, threaten her life why is it that it was such a disheartening audio she, she couldn't manipulate the audio. Your words are your words. So, you know, it, it, he tried to paint this picture. A picture of himself being the savior and, and of him being a great, great man. And one of those, you know, problems with that is abusers and perpetrators, they can camouflage into being um, men who are uh, great men. And that's a part of the red flag that you can't see sometimes because they will blend in so well with a, a good man. They will try to emulate and become and say all the things that they need to say, do all the things that they need to do to prove that they are um, decent when they know that they are planning on using a high level of control to make somebody else's life miserable. Now... This is not to say that women don't do the same thing. There are women abusers. There are men who are abused. Um, I, I, don't, I don't condone violence in any way for any gender, um, adult, nor child, nor animal. Nobody deserves, nobody, nothing deserves abuse, okay? So, 
but in this instance, we're talking about Mr. Adafeso here. Um, you can see through all of the lies and all of the clouds of excuses um, and just really intentions that don't come through. I, I, you know, I have a problem with this whole, well, we believe it because Tamar, you know, she has a mouth. You know, she has a strong personality. Well, what? to me, that that has nothing to do with being treated fairly. If that's the case, why not say it the other way around? You know Tamar has a, a mouth on her. You know she's out of control. X, Y, Z, whatever it is you want to say about her. Well, then isn't it David's responsibility to remove himself from her life and set up boundaries for himself? He's a grown man, 50 plus, okay? he did. This isn't his first rodeo. So we're not going to use that, that as an excuse because Tamar is a strong vocal woman. That does not, um, that doesn't excuse this type of behavior. So I hope that those video, um, those videos do stay private for the sake of Tamar's son. I don't think that he ever needs to hear anybody. Um, again, I have to say allegedly, but I don't think that he ever needs to hear anybody threaten his mother like that. But I do hope that the courts and the legal system get access to those tapes and, um, that justice is due. Now, finally, one of the things that I wanted to mention, well, there's two more things. One of which you heard, uh, Tamar's mom or family, excuse me, I believe it was family that it was reported on, uh, Love B. Scott that somebody, a representative from the family spoke out and said that Tamar transitions and changes her personality based on the types of relationships that she's in and that David, um, since she's been with him, he's highly controlling and he's abusive. So, you know, I, I I believe when the, when the family speaks out because the family doesn't talk about the things that they, you know, go through. These, this is a family who's been in the public eye for decades, okay? Not even years, decades. Um, you never hear them speak out. The only time that they spoke out before was actually with Tamar events, which, again... There was abuse involved, allegedly. So, and I have my thoughts on that. I think that there were other things going on that we really just do not know. So, I never spoke on that in detail. But, um, you know, I think that these circumstances have gotten drastic enough for the family to speak out. Which means, or, you know, that tells you how severe it is. Because out of all the divorces, now, no shade ladies, but, you know... Tawanda's had a divorce, Miss Trina's had a divorce, Tony's had a divorce, and um, Tracy, she's gone through quite a bit with her husband from what the sister said on the show. We just don't know about all of it, and apparently the sisters don't really, didn't really have the best relationship with him um, for the longest of time, so, or from the beginning. Um, so, you know, but we didn't hear about any of that. We didn't hear, it, this is family stuff. We all go through stuff, okay? I'm a product of divorced household, you know, parents divorced. So it's not anything that, you know, it is uncommon. Like, they're normal people, right? But what I'm saying is because they live in the public eye, when things come up, typically you would hear about these things, but nobody close to the family spoke out and the family didn't speak out. That shows the respect that they have for each other and the people they have around them. So for them to come out and say how much of an issue it is that David has caused in Tamar's life and around Tamar's life is pretty significant to me. 
Um, and finally, according to Layla Lynn, shout out to Layla. I, I love she's been doing some great um, reviews with regards to Tamar and just really everything that's going on in the media lately. Um, again, that's Layla Lynn. You can look at her videos on YouTube. But she talks about Tamar and um, this situation, but also shares text messages that Vince sent to David because David comes out and says hey you know Vince I don't think we should talk that much anymore but if you ever need me for Logan let me know and Vince was quick he came out and he responded um because David apparently is a master manipulator and he tried to put these messages out to make it seem like okay we're cool so again it's kind of like that thou protest too much he's doing too much and almost makes you wonder what is he hiding so Vince came out with those text mes messages and he made it abundantly clear. Um, again, according to Layla Lynn, Vince comes out and he um, is in Tamar's defense. He's he's saying, no, I'm not going to give you her address. Um, you can pack up Tamar and Logan's things neatly and, and I'll pick them up. I'll make sure I get them. He says he's disgusted with the tapes that he heard. So he heard the threats and the violence and he he said he's disgusted he thought that David was going to protect and love Tamar and Logan and so for him to be out here this way acting this way and to hear it with his own ears he was disgusted and he said don't ever contact my child or her ever again so that tells you just how significant um this is because Vince Vince doesn't typically get involved in Tamar's um um issues that are publicized you know but because I think because this has a lot to do with um his son and he also told David you know it's illegal by the way you didn't have permission to have my son at the beach but to take him out there to put him in the middle of this and then post it on social media violation complete violation so Vince was not having it um and I'm glad that he stood up for Tamar and I'm glad that he's showing up because I think Tamar needs that I think the family needs that and more importantly Logan needs to know that his family is always going to be family and have his back so I'm glad that Vince did that um now does that mean that Tamar and Vince need to get back together? Absolutely not. They were toxic for each other. I think Vince had some other stuff going on. Like I said, I'm not going to speculate um, on this podcast. But, um, you know, he was hanging around not so good company. And um, uh, there are certain things in, in when you have people. Like I started this video off. It's really important or this, uh, to make sure that. Um, the company you keep is upright because it can affect you and your decisions and what you have going on. So, um, but nonetheless, he showed up where he needed to show up. And I'm very, very glad um, that he is at Tamar's side because that also shows like, hey, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, me and my ex-wife had things going on and we weren't great together and I couldn't stand her even maybe, but she does not deserve um, to be talked to or treated any kind of way and men need to be a part of the solution um, more so like this speak up come you know come out in defense of your sisters your aunts your mother-in-laws your daughters your nieces 
goodness gracious, I mean, you know, the support makes all the difference. So my well wishes to Tamar. I hope you get better. Um, I know you will get better. Spend some time by yourself, please. And, you know, find you again. Because the you that we all know and love, you know, um, we love you. So, and this is for anybody. If you need to find yourself again, take the time out that you need to. Don't rush into another relationship just because somebody seems to be, um, the opposite of what you were with before doesn't make them right for you in this instance with Tamar you know just because David was so different oh no I don't want to be in front of the cameras remember um seemingly that's completely different Vince he was all right you know (laughs) um he was low-key with it but he was okay being as she would call him you know Vincent D. Herbert you know (laughs) being extraordinary um and so but come to find out David was very comfortable in front of the TV um in front of the cameras he was very you know he he has his face plastered everywhere he's associating himself with Tamar more and more so it's just that's just to say just because somebody is the opposite or seems to be the opposite of what you had does not make them what you want and in order for you to know the difference you need to spend time with yourself loving yourself so I want to close with this Um, one of my favorite Rumi quotes is um, the wound is where the light enters you so yes uh, this abuse that we've seen is painful anybody living through it man or woman um I'm so sorry for what you're going through and I know that's a hard road emotionally to heal through but just know that the wound is where the light will enter you you will get back to yourself and you'll be better than you ever were um so yes 